Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics. Marketing and communications pro and celebrated health and wellness influencer Denise Vitola wakes up every day on a mission to make people feel inspired, healthier, and stronger-willed. As lieu of awards, industry-wide admiration, and years of personal and professional accomplishments are proof that she gets the job done. Hello, Denise, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hi there. How's everyone? I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm very excited. And normally I like to, you know, put as many, uh, as much background to the person. You have so much in what you've done and achieved that I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to do this short. I'm going to let her talk about it and take us through your journey where usually starts is in your childhood. I'm always very, very curious to learn about who were you as a young child and what were you passionate about and a little bit of your upbringing? Yeah, sure. Well, I will say I was very much a tomboy growing up. I spent a lot of time playing sports and outside with my older brother, an older sister too, but she was inside playing with the dolls and I was outside getting dirty with my brother and running around and being as crazy as we could be. And it was tons of fun. And I played sports my entire life. And I think that that built a lot of character uh, it showed me how to work as a team, how to collaborate with others, how to deal with different personalities. And I played sports all through college. So it definitely defined me as a person and sports and fitness still defines me as a person today. The way that I was raised is, I'll call it tough love, but my, my <laughs> father and, and my mother both are very good people. But, you know, there's something that I think mi missing in a lot of people. And, uh, you know, if you've heard various authors speak, uh, you know, everyone's talking about now this, this thing called grit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my father used to call it fire in your belly. And he's like, you know, it's something that you're, you're, you're inherently born with or you're not. And I'm like, they asked my dad, do I have it? He's like, you have it. And mm -hmm. I think him telling me that I had grit, let's call it, mm -hmm. is that I just knew that, you know, maybe I wasn't born with it. But the fact that he always told me that I did definitely made me believe it. You know, having been asked this before, I think my dad's tough character uh, you know, definitely built me into the woman I am today. Mm, that's beautiful. And there's so much. And out of curiosity, what uh, you had a brother and a sister and what, what number of child are you? I'm the last. Are oh, you <laughs> the last? Okay. No, because I was, a, I was a tomboy, but I have an older brother and a younger sister. I was a middle child and I could totally relate to what you described. My sister was playing with the dolls and I was yeah. just stuffing it up with Big Bro. And, and uh, yeah, that definitely uh, creates resilience. And, and it sounds that uh, very early on, you did get the grit planted, as you yeah. say. So that, that, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so when the time came to know what you were going to do as an adult, were you clear about it? Was that a, a clean path? Did you follow the sports path? What, what did you do? You know, it's funny because it's like, you know, I don't know if anybody ever really does follow that path, but that's what life's about you know, pivoting and, and trying new things and figuring yourself out. 
So no, I thought I was going to be an FBI agent. Okay. And I even went to DC and I went to some camp my father found and it was like for budding like FBI agents. And, you know, they said some things at that, you know, school that I was at that I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like maybe you get shot at. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But um, I, I definitely was like, I'm not doing that. But, you know, I did play sports my whole life. And uh, my dad with his tough love, he was a very nice man. I thought I, maybe I would be playing some sort of pro sports. And he was very clear that that was not my future. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Even though I played in college and everything, I said, okay, if I can't play sports, how can I work within sports? What were my opportunities for me? Mm-hmm. And I looked into sports marketing and uh, communications. And that's the path I went down. So, you know, majoring in marketing and advertising, PR and all of those things at the school I studied at. And when I got out of college, I went right into a job where I focused in on on sports communications and supporting brands on their sports sponsorships. Mm, I love that because it's also like, I always like to connect the dots and see people's Mm -hmm. journeys. And obviously, I don't know, was there anybody in your family, an FBI agent, by the way? (laughs) <laughs> no, because that's an interesting. I think you're the first person in 200 interviews. That, that that's a unique dream. <laughs> I don't think, and and usually when they are so unique, it's because somebody in the family had you know what. But that that's a unique dream. But but it's great. No, it was mm-hmm. from watching Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. It was one of my favorite movies yes. uh, when I was growing up, and that's where it came from. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I mean it sounds so interesting. I when I think about it, it's like oh yeah, that sounds one of those jobs that are like badass jobs. But exactly. <laughs> but 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 I love it that you kind of connected those dots in terms of who I you know I love sports and I could be in sports and not necessarily I have to be a player to be part of this and that's when you embarked and and obviously I, I read somewhere you traveled the world and you were very successful in that career anything in particular you want to share of those days? Yeah, you know I think that it's uh, when working in sports it was such a great opportunity and meeting a lot of different people and like you said traveling around and really just culturally learning a lot and immersing yourself in different cultures and uh, understanding that you know not not what works as far as communications in one market is going to work in another market we need to dig deep and understand and get to know the folks wherever they are whatever region whatever country you know i think the one thing that definitely would unify that is really the the conversation around sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be it football, American or otherwise, European football, that's a unifying language that everyone could speak. And I think that, you know, understanding a common thread and a common ground was an interesting insight as I began to grow up and develop, you know, my communication skills and the campaigns that I was building and how I was going to reach the consumers with the products that I was selling through the companies I worked with. So that was something, an interesting learning early on. Mm, that's, that's very interesting. And you had you had a broad career, so we obviously won't have time to touch upon all your careers but uh, or your just job posting. But obviously, at some point, you decide to leave the sports world. And, uh, yes. and that is always that fire in the belly is what yes. I'm always curious about. It's like, what prompted yes. you? Because I know that's where a lot of people get stuck where they know they have to change. They know they have to do something different. They know they're passionate about something else, but they cannot get themselves to do it. So what was it that made you then pivot and and do something else? You know, it was a couple of things. I didn't have to leave. I was very successful. I was very happy. Things were going really well for me. But uh, 
I wanted to try something different. And I, I err on the side of something that scares you is going to be the most rewarding experience you could ever have. And, you know, that kind of change from going from being successful and knowing that, you know, you understand this industry really well. So what I say is I went from the locker room to the cheerleading squads <laughs> and um, I went into like, you know, retail, beauty and fashion and working on things that I'd never worked on. And, you know, it was a great learning experience. I worked on e-com when e-commerce was like, Amazon was like a bookstore, you know, <laughs> and eBay was a, uh, a big garage sale. <laughs> PayPal just existed. There was no Venmo. So I was in a space that was so new that no one really knew much about it. And then I was doing a lot of things that, you know, I wasn't used to and I didn't really understand. And it was quite breakthrough for me because I learned more about myself and discovered more, discovered myself as, you know, hey, I don't have to always work in sports because there's a lot of opportunity here and there's a lot of stuff that I can do. And that's where I started falling in love with digital and online and influencer. And then I started. I sort of set out and anything that I did, I wanted to be on a constant journey of learning. And I wanted to learn and understand like, you know, what is this thing called Facebook? And how are people using it? And, you know, all of that became so, so interesting to me that I, like I said, I was on this like, you know, journey of, of uh, education. Mm. Yeah, follow the the learning or so, or somebody else in the, on the show had said like, I was the eternal eternal students. Yeah. And I relate to that too, because I'm always looking for, like, I, I cannot allow my brain to stand still. Like I need to be learning yeah. something. And that's so incredible. And you, so you really are a trailblazer for the world we're living in, in terms of social media influence and worked. I mean, obviously there's going to be links to your webpage because you now have owned your own consulting firm. We're going to talk about that and a wellness initiative, but uh, I mean, you work in so many big campaigns and you've been recognized yeah. for that. And obviously that creativity, you know, has a premier spot in the era of social media and, and influence and, and really you know, how to, because I wasn't in that world back then. I've been in telecom all my life, but I know I had to pivot and learn that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm not great at it, but I know I'm doing more than others. And yeah. I already see the, the result and the benefit. And, and it's like, we're living in a different world. And whomever is not yeah. embracing it is missing oh. big opportunities and it's selling themselves short. I say that all the time. And when, you know, colleges ask me to speak at colleges, or I'm mentoring students, whatever I'm doing, they're like, what do you think I should do? And I just say, you know, already, if they're 16 and 17, they know more than we do, mm -hmm. uh, because they're growing up with it. Like, you know, we, we are self-taught and learning it on the fly. But, you know, it's like, if you're trying to teach someone a second language, if you're trying to teach a child a second language, they're going to pick it up like this. Somebody in their 30s, 40s, or 50s are not going to pick it up as quickly. So that's the same thing with technology. So 
So I keep telling these kids, immerse yourself in technology, understand the insides and out. And I'm not just talking about social media. I'm talking about like streaming television and, you know, all of these other apps that, you know, are, are your finances, conducting business, like it's all done through your phone. So anything that has to do with your phone and mobile, just understand it, immerse yourself in it. So I'm, I'm constantly saying that too. And you talked a little bit about my consultancy and, and going on and, and, and becoming Becoming a consultant and opening my own agency for me, it was I, I was like so fire in the belly, so so much grit. I was like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be president of an agency, and you know, you kind of get there, and you're like, hmm, I don't really love this. And you know, what it was for me is I was now too far removed from the client work. And I really like to get my hands dirty. I like to do the work. I like to sit in a room and brainstorm. I like to ideate. I like to unpack the research and 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 develop that idea that's really going to connect with the consumer. All of those challenges, I I no longer was you know uh, stimulated by them because I was more worried about operational stuff of how to run an agency. And I said, look, if I'm there with, I have to run an agency, I might as well run my own agency Mm -hmm. so I can run my agency. But at the same time, I could still roll up my sleeves and get my hands dirty with work. And I will say the thing I was most proud of, because now I'm at Bayer and it happened through my uh, agency work of my own, is I was really steadfast at the beginning. I said, you know, I want to work with challenger brands because I've worked with P&G, I've worked with Unilever, I've worked with J&J, I've worked with so many big companies. I mentioned eBay, the Home Depot, Abbott Nutrition, like the brands go on and on. And these are more key brands I was very lucky to work with. And I said, look, they all have a lot of money to spend. Mm -hmm. But what about those little brands, those little guys that are trying to make their way up you know, into the hearts and minds of consumers. So I said, you know, I can help those challenger brands because I've just done 15, 20 years of this integrated marketing and I can step in and I can abide these these brands. I said, but I want to work with companies that are giving back to the world in a way to make it a better place. So not in a necessarily in the sense that, you know, buy one, get one or anything, or like what Tom does or Warby Parker. What I wanted to know is that your product was actually making the world a better place, making somebody's life better. So that was one thing. And I wanted to work with women owned companies. And a lot of folks had said to me, like, you know, and I was in the health and wellness space. And a lot of people said to me, you're narrowing it too much. And you may not find clients. Mm-hmm. I said, well, then I'll have to deal with that at a later date. Mm -hmm. But I stood on my ground. I said, this is what I want to do. These are the kinds of companies and brands I want to work with. And that's exactly what I did. That's incredible. And, you know, there was the occasional, oh, a friend of a friend. And, you know, we bent the rules a little bit. But but if it was a new client, I definitely put them through that rigor and even would advise them, like, you know, you could do this with your brand to make the world a better place. That means I would work with you. So, you know, I definitely helped in developing some of these brands emerge in the marketplace and it was very rewarding. Mm. But I did have Bayer as as a consultant job that I did, which landed me where I am today. That is incredible. I in in purpose driven missions, I think that more and more people like I'm big on on conscious leadership and also that aligning myself and my company to what are we doing for the greater good. 
And, uh, you know, like I in my in my case, I sell telecommunication towers, which sound kind of boring, you know, because it's a still. But then you say, yeah, but we enable communications. We are yeah, we are exactly. at the center of that phone call. And so I tell people, listen, whatever it is that you do that you don't think you're having a higher purpose or a higher mm-hmm. mission, for sure, if you change the mindset in how you look into things, most likely yeah. you're fulfilling a way bigger mission. And I, I command you for kind of providing support and assistance to that segment, which is very much in need of creating brilliant minds like yours, because what happens yeah. is like the top stay at the top and then right. all the minority owned businesses, women, men, black, African-American, uh, Hispanic, they don't have good resources or they are left with people that maybe are not motivated because the top mm-hmm. are, are, are playing in a different league. And so it's very inspiring to hear you and your trail thought into why you focus on, on, on that niche yeah. so to speak and and when you do good good things happen so i'm not surprised yeah, that very true that 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 resulted for that i know you had a, a little bit of an aha moment and you briefly touch upon your wellness salute so i wouldn't say program i guess yeah tell us a little bit about, about that because i find that that's also contributes a lot to that purpose that you've shared with us in doing good for the world Yeah. And I'm glad you asked that question because I think people lose sight of it too easily. And I was even on a phone call this morning and trying to coach and advise a peer. It wasn't somebody who works for me, but a peer on finding time to seek health and wellness. And it comes in various forms. So it doesn't, you know, for everybody mean running five miles, it can mean five minutes of meditation. So I was at that place, like I said, you know, I got to the top. I was, I made it. I'm the president. I'm running this agency and I feel good about it and I feel proud about it. But when I started to kind of look at other aspects of my life, where was my happiness meter? And was I as healthy as I wanted to be? Was I eliminating stress for my life? Was I being a good wife, being a good sister, being a good friend? And I had said to myself, I came to a realization and I said, wow, you know, I sacrificed a lot getting to the top. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm here, I think I can owe it to myself to um, take a minute and reflect and maybe change some of those other things. You know, the people that I might have taken advantage of, focus a little bit more on my health and wellness. As I said to you, I played sports my whole life. Like what happened? So I, I did take a turnaround and you know, focus more time on me being me. I I block my mornings. I teach spin three days a week. And, you know, there's nothing that I I will schedule uh, things around that and nothing conflicts with it. I take some time for myself in the morning to meditate, to set myself up for the day. And if somebody wants a meeting at that time, my admin knows to not schedule anything. That is my time for prepare and get ready. I believe and I know there's statistics that support this, that the better I take care of myself, the better employee I'm going to be, the better life I'm going to be, the better person I'm going to be. So that time in the morning is very sacred to me to do various things that I do every morning, my routine. And then if so be it, it means I need to work till nine o'clock at night. That's totally fine. I'll fit it all in and I'll make it happen. But that time is very sacred to me and I use it to do the things that are going to make me a better person. Mm, I love that. And, I, and I'm sure you see this all the time because I think that's where people struggle the most. They have the intention. They have the intention of doing it. They know it's good for them. They know that when they do it, they feel great about it. Yeah. 
But is it is it are we going back to the fire on the belly? Are we going back to in yeah. motivation, initiative? What what as a coach, what's your theory on this? Why don't we do more of that? My theory is that it comes down to willpower and no one is going to do it for you. You need to do it for yourself. And you could tell me, oh, well, my job makes me start taking meetings at 7.30 in the morning. Well, so does mine, mm-hmm. but I won't let them. And guess what? That person that wants to meet with me at 7.30 in the morning is going to find a different time. Mm-hmm. And it's quite okay. But I don't. I think that there's a combination of the, the willpower to say no, and then the fear of not being the best. And I don't think people understand that the power of saying no equals being your best. Mm -hmm. It empowers you. It gives you a level of confidence. uh, And it just puts you in the driver's seat. Right now, somebody like that is letting somebody else control their schedule versus them controlling theirs. Yeah. And it's counterintuitive. I think you hit it on the nail. It's so counterintuitive that because it happens to me all the time, I try to do some inspirational engagements and people, they really have generally interest to do right. it and they, they say they want to, but they that that you said the, you know, the fear of not being your best. I also say the fear of missing out. The yeah. fear of, and this is something as, a, I mean, I consider myself European, South American, because I was born and raised in Venezuela from Italian parents. Yeah. But uh, the, that fear that somebody else is going to get ahead of me is very strong in the United States. Like here more than mm-hmm. in any other country, I believe, you feel that, oh my God, everybody here, this is a country where the most people don't take paid vacations. Like you're leaving mm-hmm. paid vacations on the table. You're basically gift, me. gifting me. Exactly. Not me neither. But people are gifting. You know, we are so diligent with our money and our compensation packages. And then the time comes and you basically <laughs> are gifting thousands your company, of thousands of right? Thousands and thousands of dollars on, on your vacation. And you don't feel entitled to it. And so... I'm always very curious, like, how can this problem be fixed? Because it has to come from Mm -hmm. the person. You cannot do an intervention. You can you can talk and talk, but it has to be something within the person that triggers. I would say to those people, start building your confidence. Wake up in the morning and people are like, write down this, write down that. Look at in the mirror. Look yourself in the face and in the eyes and tell yourself why you're, you know, a strong person. What is it about yourself that you love? What are you going to achieve that day? And and start to motivate yourself as if you're talking to another person and walk out of there feeling better about yourself. As the day goes on, you know, you're going to have something upset your apple cart. Something's going to turn your day upside down. That's when you hit the pause button and you take five minutes two minutes even, just to meditate a little bit. Shut everything off and take a a minute or two just to breathe and breathe and breathe. And you're going to find that in those moments of breath, you found clarity. I love it. I'm finding clarity by listening to you speak. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I totally agree. When you stop and be quiet and just listen, and allow yourself to talk to yourself. I always say that when I've traveled alone and I've been months and months of traveling on my own, 
I could become my best friend. You become, you hear that voice and you start having these conversations with yourself. And you know, you cannot bullshit yourself. (laughs) You know, you can bullshit. And you should be your best friend. Sure. You should be. Yeah, but there's, you know, sometimes we tell something to people and we know like, well, yeah, I colored that a little bit, you know, but when it's you on you, you know, there's no way out. And I think, unfortunately, you know, with the extreme content invasion that we have, even if we don't want to, it's harder and harder every day. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. And there's a lot going on in the world and there's so much turmoil and there's so much tension and so much negativity that it's even harder now to um, find peace. Mm-hmm. But that's why I tell people, you know, don't look for peace, create it. So, you know, don't rely. And I like how you say I'm my own best friend. It's like, stop relying on everybody else to make your dreams come true. You're the only one in control of your destiny. And if something doesn't fill your cup, get rid of it. It might be a friendship. It might be a job. It might be, you know, uh, an an exercise routine that you, you literally hate and you dread going to the gym. Throw it out. Do something different. That's okay to change. It's okay to admit that, hey, I've just spent six months being friends with this person, but it doesn't feel right to me. Make an adjustment. It's okay. And, you know, that's just the way that the world operates. And I just wish more people would have faith in themselves and courage and confidence to make those decisions that really, truly make you happy. Yeah, that's good. And I I just... I took the note when you say start building your confidence. That's really a big nugget of wisdom you share with us there. So thank you for that. So, I mean, you are the marketing social media expert guru. So I would be, you know, I, having you here and not asking you something as I see also people, I don't know who I heard that said, you know, everything is in the storytelling and that yeah. everybody has such a powerful story if you choose to tell it or brand it yourself. So personal branding is such an important mm-hmm. thing. And I would love for you to share anything in terms, because I know there's a lot of people out there that say that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And they have this love and hate relationship with social media, the way they engage with social media. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I say that mm-hmm. the right personal branding can do a lot for you, even on how we show yeah. up on LinkedIn, etc. Any words of wisdom on that front since you are such an expert? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, first of all, love social media, and I think it's the magical connector of everything. And uh, just with anything, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. You know, you can, you can, uh, don't blame Facebook or Instagram for what's popping up in your feed. You can, you can, you know, like everything you like all the time, and your feed's going to be filled with that. So, you know, people are like, I get all these crazy. Okay, you've touched something or done something (laughs) that you're getting that crazy at. Mm -hmm. So create your space and it'll be a happy place. And just like what I was talking about friends, like, you know, look, if I got to get rid of somebody on Facebook because they do crazy things, then, you know, whatever. But that's not what you asked me. But I love social media. And I do think that it's the great connector of everything. And it's the great connector of, you know, brands to people, people to brands people to celebrities. Like I, I, when I was growing up, you could never post something on uh, a celebrity's page and they say something back to you. And this happens. Mm-hmm. Who's going to the prom with whatever celebrity. So, you know, I would just say, especially to young kids, as you're creating your identity, be authentic to who you are. 
And, you know, you will change and you will grow and you will develop even from like when I was 20 into my 30s into my 40s. There are various things that have changed about me. But at the core, what do I say to myself? What are the things that matter most to me? Right. And I've stayed steadfast with them. It's health, it's wellness, it's fitness, it's empowering women, you know, so all of those things like come through wherever I show up now. How do I show up on LinkedIn is a little bit different than how I show up on Instagram. So I'll get a little bit more specific. I have a professional headshot and I look really like very professional on LinkedIn. On Instagram, I'm all about my fitness routine. So, you know, I'll, I'll, it's not going to be a surprise that I'm in a sports bra and leggings. Uh, for me, it's about being fit and showing, you know, curvy women, full fashion, all that. You know, Facebook's more about family. But what I'm saying is like, you can go on a platform and you could be a different, a different, like, you know, image, let's say, but at the core, my tone of voice is always the same. You know, my tone of voice on Instagram is the same as it's the tone of voice that I, I portray on other social platforms. It's direct, it's honest, it's inspirational. That's it. Right. So the content might be tweaked from platform to platform, but I know that whatever I'm putting out there, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be direct, and I'm going to inspire. And that's how I write my content. So, you know, understand who you are, understand who your audience is, and then craft your message based on, you know, the brand that you're trying to build or the brand that you know you are. Mm, That's very powerful. And I think a lot of people that are listening are going to get value out of that because I think people confuse that the different platforms in, in customizing, yeah. as you said, like like you, and I'm good because the, the, the genius is validating, but I'm kind of different sides of me in different platforms. Yeah. But as you say, I'm authentic. I've been surprised when somebody portrays themselves to be one way and then you see other platforms and they're completely different in the tone yeah. of voice. I never thought it about the tone of voice, but now that you yeah. say it, that's what it is. It's yeah. so different, but diametrical opposite of that other thing. And, and that makes me worry. And that makes me like, yeah. this person has a different side that I'm obviously not seeing. So I yeah. think that point on, on being authentic and being aligned to what you love, it's, it's so valuable. So Denise, as we're reaching the end of the interview, I always give my guests an opportunity to share with us anything we haven't touched. You have so much going on, but anything that's <laughs> exciting you um, lately, anything that you want to share with the audience that we haven't touched upon? You know, I like to, I like, you know, get that question a lot at the end of, of interviews and conversations. And I thought, I thought about it and I'm like, oh, what did I say? And I used to rack my brain, but hey, for me, it's what I can leave you with. And, you know, if you could just do one thing for me, your listeners, I would say, do one thing that scares the bejesus out of you. <laughs> Try it. And I bet you after you try it, it's not going to be that scary. And you're going to come out on the other side, feeling confident, feeling empowered and ready to take on the world. So I, that's what I want to leave here is that, you know, anyone that's listening, please push yourself a little bit further and please try something that you normally wouldn't try. And I can guarantee you the results are going to be great. Mm, that's that's incredible. Of course, I'm going to put all your contact info on the show notes so people know where to look for your amazing, amazing content initiatives. And so the last question is, besides the sports and the, all the things we've talked about, is there any one thing that makes you tick 
that one thing that maybe when you're low and you need to reconnect with your true essence is your go-to thing? Yeah, it's it's yoga. The reason it's yoga is because I grew up um, playing contact sports and lifting heavy. I'm a, I'm a heavy weight lifter and I, my body is not very flexible. And I started yoga almost 10 years ago and I would get into these classes and be amazed at what these people could do. And I'm like, I can, I can squat 350 pounds. And I'm like, but I couldn't hold my own body up in certain ways. And it was, it was humbling. Mm -hmm. And the humility really brought out the, you know, competitive spirit in me. And I said, okay, well, this is something I can't do. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would love to tell you that I've mastered every position and that I'm great at it now, but I'm still challenged with flexibility. I'm still challenged with a lot of poses. And every day when I walk, every week I go on the rooftop yoga, I live at the beach and it overlooks the beach and it's mm -hmm. beautiful. I walk on my mat and I know that something is going to humble me. And it's, it's so rewarding. You would think that it's, it's, it would almost bring you down, but it lifts me up in such a way. And I have such a great instructor um, who she just quotes a lot of spiritual stuff. And I feel like it's a combination of spirituality and church and humility. And it, it's just, uh, I love it. Oh, that's uh and you've inspired me. Look for things that humbled you. That's a powerful, yeah. another powerful piece of advice. I, 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 yeah. I've been taking notes. So Denise, I really <laughs> thank you for this time. Thank you for sharing your journey, for your wisdom, for that positive energy, because I know that the audience, when they hear this kind of, uh, you know, I think chat, they really, truly get inspired to go do something yeah. that scares them, that do something that gets them out of the comfort zone and that you're living proof that, you know, your own journey took you many different paths and ways. But at the end of the day, it's up to us to define what is it that we want to be and what, how do we want to show up in the world? So I thank you so much for this time. Well, thank you. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening in. Take care. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.